Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number 40 of Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burl, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And making his return to our show is Isaac Bass. And gentlemen, today on our show, we're going to do something a little different. The Toronto Blue Jays have been absolutely falling apart as of late. So as long as the Blue Jays aren't making any drastic changes, we've got to do our part and we've got to make some drastic changes for them. So today we're getting rid of our thumbs up, thumbs down. We're just going to dive right into the meat of the episode here. We're just going to go into it. And boys, how are we feeling? It's a rough time for a Blue Jays fan right now. So take me through your emotions. Let's have our therapy session. Our therapy session. Well, you ask how we're feeling. I think the answer is pretty obvious how all Jays fans are feeling right now. And you should feel bad about what's going on with this team right now, field right? right now. And it stems from, it stems from a lot of things. We're not getting our, our pitchers are, are been, have been absolutely terrible. And our offense has been almost non-existent at points when we need them the most. That's my take on it. And it's just, it's just, it's a cold time, man. It feels like, uh, we're alone out there and we're yeah. only sinking farther back in the division in the wild card races. And yeah, it's, it's bad, dude. It's, 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 it's probably worse than it looks to be honest with you. I think that changes need to happen. And I certainly know your answer, Jesse, you don't feel good about it. Bassie doesn't feel good about it. And I don't even know if the guy likes baseball. <laughs> like you're, if you're Canadian, you hate it for the blue Jays. Um, my, yeah. Okay. Just building off of that. The reason I'm in the closet right now recording is because Vladimir Guerrero is in the closet about being an elite level player this year. And mm-hmm. I want to talk about that because you guys haven't talked about that all season. And I know we all love Vladdy and we all love the idea of what Vladdy could be, but up to this point, this year, this year is going to be the movie bullshit. And like we haven't, we've talked about Boba Shett, like struggling. We've talked about uh, Hernandez str- struggling everyone except for Vlad, but he is like, his war is 2.2. Like his OPS is I think 32nd in the league. Like his batting average is 60th in the league. His home runs is tied for 13th in the league. And he's supposed to be the best player. Jesse's always said he's supposed to be the best player in the major leagues. So I think that's, a number one problem. And you saw he's had so many opportunities coming up to the plate where he could have been that guy, been that guy to win a game. And especially recently, he just has not been there. And that's, what's most frustrating to me is that the elite players who are supposed to be elite aren't. And the role players are doing their, they're doing their part as well as they can be, but they're not the ones who are supposed to make this team a division winner. Yeah, we so talked. That's my emotions. Yeah, we talked at the start of the season how this offense is only going to go as far as Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to take them. Now, and as we've seen, those numbers you've cited are yeah are are correct, but they don't feel so good. Vladdy's main problem this year too has been he's been hitting the ball on the ground too much. He's still been getting the exit velocity numbers, but that launch angle isn't there. So his hard hit balls are now ground balls, and at the major league level, ground balls are outs almost all the time. I think at this point last year, Vladdy had what twenty. 25, 26. He was in that range of home runs this year. I think he's what 18, right? That's kind of down below than what he had in the past. So we really need Vladdy to pick things up. Now there was talk about how he was dealing with a wrist injury and maybe that has something to do. Maybe with he just can't get his bat speed just quick enough because the wrist is bothering him or something, but yeah, this sucks, honestly. And you talked about, this is the movie that we're going to see from Vlad Guerrero Jr. I wouldn't call this a blockbuster star hit. I'd say this is almost a little more like a, like a horror movie. This is you the know? fourth Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> oh, well, this is once it. Johnny Depp left. No one <laughs> gave a shit. 
That's what this <laughs> year's movie is from Vladdy. I was thinking more of like the horror movie where it starts out great. You know, the family's all nice. They live in that nice house, but then trouble starts to arise and all of a sudden shit goes downhill. I think we're at the part now where shit goes downhill and we don't know how the good guys are going to be able to escape this. That's what type oh, of movie we're... Vladdy's putting up this year. We're getting haunted by poltergeist right now, guys. <laughs> like if it's that kind of movie, we were at the scariest part of the movie, the climax, right before everything. Like, not nothing looks good, but things are gonna get good. If this is if this is a five star movie, if this is a a ninety four on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever they rate it, like something's gonna have to drastically change. And until it does, we're in the nightmare part of this movie right now. Mm. Well, buckle in, grab your popcorn because the movie is not over yet, and there's more drama to come. Uh, game one of this series. Let's get into it. The Mariners beat the Jays eight to three. Anthony Banda had a spot start because Yusei Kikuchi was not able to go. Um, Casey Lawrence came in after him. He sucked as well. Max Castillo did pitch three good innings in relief. And uh, this was the game where Lourdes Gurriel Jr. gave up the home run off of his glove on the warning track that went over the fence. So bad omen there. Game two, the Jays were in a battle, but they lost this one five to two in 11 innings. Sergio Romo gave up a walk-off three-run home run to Eugenio Suarez. The Jays couldn't score with a runner on second base. The ghost runner, he couldn't score twice. Like, that's not going to win you any ball games here. Jays went two for 20 with runners in scoring position. And I hate to mention our old friend Ryan Barucki sure looked damn good closing that game out against us. So that stung a little bit. Game three, the Jays lost that one two to one. We had a hell of a pitcher's duel between Robbie Ray and Alec Manoa. Jays got a solo home run from George Springer. But when uh, Seattle got a home run, it just came with a runner on. And that was the difference in that game. So they won two to one. And game four, Jays had a lead into the eighth inning. But our old reliable friend, Adam Simber, gave up a home run to Carlos Santana. And this was the game, too, where the Jays had a double play to get out of a jam. But the ball went through Vladdy's glove at first base. So, guys, when it rains, it pours. And the Jays get swept on the West Coast, where we're supposed to have the home field advantage by the Seattle Mariners. And does not feel great. The Jays are now 45 and 42. We're a below 500 team since the month of April. We're still in a playoff spot, but barely. We're now tied with Seattle, who's won eight in a row after we've lost nine of our last 10. We're two and a half games up on both Baltimore and Cleveland. And uh, sorry, two games above them and two and a half above the White Sox. So Fangraph still gives the Jays a 78% chance of making the playoffs, which is higher than both Tampa Bay and Boston. But boys, it sure does not feel like that's the case. No, and he said it right, man. Well, it rain it rains it pours and it was almost it was almost comical when that ball was thrown through Vladdy's glove I mean he's got a switch from Wilson after that I think mm -hmm. he has an A2000 or whatever it is on first like he's got to go to a Mizuno or something because that's just that just can't happen I mean that's twice this year man and it it couldn't happen at a worse time the bad things in this series on the west coast run couldn't happened at worse times um yeah, yeah. Something to reflect on, though, Jesse, is is what you said too. He comes in, shuts us down, man. I mean, what a kick in the nuts that is, for God's sakes! Like we DFA'd him, and here he is in Seattle, and he did. He looked good. I, we should never have let him go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, I'm gonna set you up for this one, Jesse, because I know you wanted to talk about this. But speaking of DFAs and us randomly picking up everyone's in the league, especially the worst teams, starting Anthony Badda over like Maximo Castillo. And I know you want to talk about this is we can branch into Charlie Montoyo, but, and even um, catch over Castillo. Like those are two games that have been lost. That would, we would still be in a wild card position if it wasn't for those decisions. So Jesse, I want you to branch it. Cause I know you were pissed about that. I really think that Charlie Montoyo screwed up the whole Maximo Castillo situation here. 
So let's flash you back a little bit. Two weeks ago, Kevin Gosman takes the line drive off the ankle. He's hurt. We're not sure he's going to make his next start, right? Um, they had Maximo Castillo is going to be one of the guys with the doubleheader there. They chose Thomas Hatch instead. Maybe it's just because he's been in the big leagues before. Or I, I don't know what the logic behind that was, but Castillo looked the best. He should have been in there. Thomas Hatch gets lit up, destroyed, glosses the game. We're moving on to the next game. You say Kikuchi struggles. It's come to the point where we talked last episode. We can't have Kikuchi in this rotation anymore. So they got to take him out. But they're like, you know, we accidentally sent down Castillo because we needed Trent Thornton or Casey Lawrence or someone on this roster. So we couldn't bring Castillo back up until we sent someone on the IL. So if you knew that you were going to put Yusei Kikuchi on the IL before this start, why didn't you do it before the game so you could get Maximo Castillo up there, make the start for that game? It seems like it was poorly mismanaged, but whatever. They thought, it's fine. It's going to keep going. We'll just have him pitch on Sunday if Kevin Gosman can't go. Well, Sunday rolls around. Kevin Gosman can't go, but because they didn't have Maximo Castillo start the Thursday game, they had him pitch three innings in relief on Friday, which meant he couldn't really go deep into this start either on the game on Sunday where he did start. And that just seems like it's poorly mismanaged from um, Charlie Montoya. I don't know if it's him or if it's the uh, front office or something doing something like that, but that left a sour taste in my mouth. And Maximo Castillo, with the way this pitching staff has been so far with the struggles the bullpen has had and with the struggles Barrios and Kikuchi and stuff has had, I will say, and I will make the claim that Maximo Castillo might be the most important person in the Blue Jays organization right now, because the Blue Jays really need a surprise guy, a strong piece, a guy who can come up and even just give them league average innings. And if Maximo Castillo can do that, it might be, I don't want to be too dramatic, but almost a savior to the Blue Jays season right now, if he can come up and he can pitch this well. And I think it's a lot on the young kid's shoulders to do this, but it's kind of how I feel about Castillo right now. I just want to say, no, yeah, I, I'll I just take, want to say, I'll that. take it, man. I was going to give it to you, right. but that's <laughs> all right. <laughs> Go for it, man. I think that that's saying a lot. Like if you were to tell me at the start of the year, that this is the potential role that Castillo was going to play, I would have said you're nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot. It's a, those are huge shoes to fill, man. And honestly, Jesse, yeah, he would be considered a savior. It would be miraculous if he single-handedly could put together just good innings, give us good quality starts, give us good outings, and turn us into, you know, uh, even a second-place wildcard team at this point, really. I mean, it's, you're still asking a lot of this young guy to, who's just came up to the bigs. Like, it's a push. It's a stretch, man. But if he can do it, yeah, I'll give him the rank of savior, but I still think there is other solutions. Yeah, uh, he got screwed for for getting up when um, when the whole you say on the 15 day and whoever it was, Lawrence, I think was the guy who was in replace of Castillo mm-hmm. and Kikuchi, but whatever. Yeah, it was a mismanaged thing and Castillo's going to be up. That's the thing. He's going to be in the rotation. He's going to pitch and he surely he can't be another bonehead pitcher that gives up seven earned runs in three innings. Jesse, you, you just, is that even possible for us to have another guy like that? <laughs> it's always possible, man. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you guys looked at his stats when he was triple a this year, but like he has a sub one ERA mm-hmm. in 27 innings pitched. Like he, this guy is, and he's still young. Like there's always one, every year there's one guy who comes out of nowhere 
you know, like last year it was kind of, kind of Kirk a little bit, you know, and there's always one guy and we need him to be that one guy that comes out of nowhere. And like just said, just even plays league average to take over that fifth spot because stripling has shown that he can be, he can be number four. And then if mm-hmm. we get, if there's a lot of ifs, if Burrios pitches better and if Gosman is healthy and if, 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 but I mean, that's why I agree. Something needs to change in terms of a trade. You know what? Uh, what else might need to change with this team? There's a lot of talk around Blue Jays Twitter right now. Is is it time to let Charlie Montoyo go? Now I'm going to ask you guys both your thoughts about this. But there are a lot of Blue Jays fans saying, you know what? It's not necessarily Charlie's fault, but this team is on such a big slide. Like usually, sometimes firing a manager is a token way to go. We saw this in Philadelphia earlier this year. They fired their manager and they immediately went on a nine-game win streak. It happened in in uh, Anaheim for the Angels too. They went on a big win streak after they let Joe Madden go, but they've kind of fallen back into their losing ways now. So. What do we think, guys? I can go through what I think here too, but I'll let you guys take it away first. Is this the time to fire Charlie Montoyo or should we keep him going? All yours, buddy. Yeah, I think it's um I think it's a toss-up, man. I I've, well, let's go back and let's let's view our Twitter. If you follow Buds and Jays, you can see us. We favorite retweet a lot of the stuff. I mean, it was all over uh, today. Our Twitter, like that's all I read on the Buds Jays account was people, you know, not bashing Montoyo, but it's certainly not. Uh, you can't say it's his fault. I mean, yes, there are certain aspects of the game that he can manage better. But I do like the idea that it's a, it could switch things up. It could shift morale. Um and hopefully a positive way if it goes down. If it doesn't, then like something else has to, something drastic almost has to change. And, and the easiest thing to do would be to pull the pin on Charlie. It would be the easiest thing. He's the scapegoat uh, in this situation. And, you know, that would maybe wake them up. I don't know who would step in, whether that would be our hitting coach or pitching coach or a, a base coach, who knows, like the intern manager, however they decide to do it. I saw a thing on Twitter. It said, well, what's Cito Gaston up to? Yeah. yeah. If this was night, <laughs> if this was the nineties, I'd love nothing more than that, but let's be realistic. Charlie's been with these guys. He knows how to manage these guys. I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but I would really hate to see it because He's a, he's a familiar with this team. It's not like this is a brand new turnover team. You know, it's not like we're, our rebuild is based around our core guys. We have our core guys and Charlie worked with them when they were rookies or sophomores or guys even getting their cup of coffee that are up now. Um, I'm on the fence with it. I would, if it's, if it make, if they fire him and it makes things better, then it's a good move, but I'm not. I'm not pulling the pin and I I'm pretty neutral on this thing, but I would really, I'll tell you what, Jesse, I would really hate to see it happen because he's put a lot of time and effort into these players and it would suck, man. Uh, well, so I actually did a little bit of research before, cause I knew you were going to ask this question because I've looked at Jay's Twitter and I've seen everyone freaking out over Montoyo as well. Um, and there was, there was one quote that I, I liked and you just kind of said it Riley, but uh, Todd Helton said when, um, when Hurdle got fired, he said he was the scape, scapegoat, but he didn't give up the big hit while pitching and he did not strike out with mm-hmm. men on base. So you can, you can give people a spark, but like what uh, a couple articles I read were saying is that if you have an already good team who has had success in the past, that firing the manager midseason might actually be a good idea. And that there has been a lot of success with that team with changing from whether it be like a more laid back guy to a more like 
uh, in your face guy or vice versa. But if you're a bad team changing managers, you're still going to be bad. So, but the history is on the side a little bit that if you fire a manager mid season, when you have a good team that has a massive potential that it can actually be a benefit to the team going forward. So that's kind of where I stand is I'm not going to be upset necessarily either way. I think the trade needs to, needs to be the priority, but if it, does happen i do have faith that this team can turn it around i will say there have been five teams in major league history who have fired a manager midseason and still made the playoffs and one of them was the toronto blue jays in 1989 when manny acta was let go so there is some precedent that this happens in the organization and my thoughts on charlie it's it's the same thing he's not the one out there giving up these bombs it's not his fault he has to pitch Trent thornton in high leverage right it's he's not the one who's swinging and missing and going down oh two every single plate but my gripe here with Charlie Montoya is that he hasn't done enough to try to change things. Like he hasn't tried to change the batting order, at least a little bit, just to get people out of their routines a little bit. And I mentioned he's messed up the uh, Maximo Castillo situation. And isn't the job of a manager to really manage the personalities in his clubhouse, but also to try to get the best out of their players. We talked about Vlad. We've talked about Bo. We've talked about Springer. Like this is not the best we can see out of these players, even Guriel and Teoscar Hernandez have put up better stuff. And if you say that that is the manager's job to do that, you could safely say that Charlie Montoyo has not done that. And Montoyo's, repre- um, Montoyo's reputation was that he was always very good with the young guys, building a young team, getting them together. But I don't know if he's that guy or that manager you need that can help get this team to win. And it would suck, like you said, Riley, for Charlie Montoyo to put in all this work to build this core and not get the reward for it. But there could be that thought that maybe this is what happens. I will say I though. do want to pull a little quote here. Um, it's my favorite, one of my favorite Simpsons episodes, um, big baseball episode. Lisa's the manager tells her brother Bart, "Managers manage and players play." And then, mm-hmm. of course, R- Ralph Wiggum says, "Do alligators alligate?" But <laughs> if you think about the quote, it's just as black and white as that. Montoyo's not playing and the players aren't managing and both are are below expectations right now from what you said Bassey to you know Vladdy only having you know 18 19 home runs to not being that ceiling player he is into Montoyo not doing his job really to try and shake things up I mean the recipe on our order looks delicious I mean you cook that up and you'd think you can get 95 wins but now I think we need to reassess the recipe here change up order a little bit something we need a little bit of shake up jesse whether that's management movement or player movement something's gonna happen i it's just evident man we have to or else we're gonna sink in this division all right well i will say guys with um moves needing to be made and the draft is about 10 days away so once the draft is over you got to think it's full systems go for making trades and upgrading this team and try to go through i'm going to go through four groups of players here and you tell me do you think the jays should trade any players out of these four groups And I think we start with our catchers. And Riley, you touched on last week how you were on board. Kirk's our catcher of the future. If we need to trade Gabriel Moreno to get someone, we should do it. So out of our three catchers, guys, Alejandro Kirk, Danny Jansen, Gabriel Moreno, are you willing to move one of these players if it helps make the team better? Yes, that's my answer. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Preferably probably Jansen, although I'm hoping with Jansen coming back that his um pitch selection as well as his defense can maybe make a change to add a little bit extra to those pitchers that maybe take out a run a game kind of thing so that's my hope so that's good to have players like that um Gabriel Moreno I'm a little I'm a little on the fence about I would love to see what you guys talked about last episode put him go back to double triple a and put him in the outfield and be like 
learn this and you'll be with the big club <laughs> as soon as possible. But uh, other than that, I would, I would be okay with the trade for just don't trade Kirk. That's my, that's my non-negotiable. I love that guy. Yeah. Like I I'm still on board with, you got to shoot the gun on Moreno. I don't think his value is going to be higher. I think the return for Gabby Moreno is going to be huge. And with that, a starting pitcher is attached to it. Like, I think, I think, you know, with Kirk's age, and he is the catcher of the future. He's the starting all-star American League catcher this year. I think it doesn't get better than that mid-season form, and I don't think he's going to slow down. I think he's going to improve throughout this season, throughout his career, and Gabriel Moreno is still unproven but still holds a significant value in a trade. I think that is the right move, man. I, like I said, there. I know there are people who agree with me. I know there's people who disagree with me on that. But, hey, you know, when push comes to shove and we're in a push-shove, um, you know, time, frame right now i mean we got to make a move dude yeah i think i'm kind of with you this this one makes sense because the blue jays catchers is our strongest point of depth and you always want to deal from a position of strength to address a weakness so that's why a lot of these guys have been mentioned here i don't know i love prospects but i'm kind of leaning towards on board like we need to fix this team and as much as it would suck to see moreno go i think we might have to do it uh how about this next group of people this is our young high upside pitching prospect group ricky tiedemann yasver zuleta or nick frasso do you think we trade any of these guys to help our team any of them, if it helps our team, it, you know what though? <clears throat> I think with, I think you're going to get less return with those guys than you would Moreno. Um, however, you, I think you even get a younger pitcher, but I think like you trade those guys straight up for another starter. You're going to get a guy who hits free agency in the off season. You're almost, I think if you trade a one for one in this, you almost get a rent to pitcher for a year. Mm. So you really got to make it worthwhile, man. Unless you're talking about a package, I'm talking a one for one right now talking trading Tiedemann our young you know single a guy who yeah Nick Frost probably gonna be a major league starter at some point if not and Frosso as well you know we got we got moves to make but I think that for those guys it would be a pitcher that's gonna it's older gonna hit free agency so it'd be um it would be a year that's gonna that's got to work out this year okay for me, uh, Tiedemann is off the table because let's say he's ready in two years. You have a Barrios, Gossman, uh, Manoa, Tiedemann on a rookie contract, and then whoever else. And with all the contracts coming up, you're going to have issues with um, with money. So having those young guys that can step into a valuable role, he's going to be really valuable. One guy I would like to just throw around is Noah Syndergaard is on a one-year contract with the Angels. They're not making the playoffs. It'd be nice to have him back. We lost him too soon. I love Thor. So if there, if one of those other guys other than Tiedemann and maybe another like smaller um, time player could go towards getting the guy like that, that could really sure up our starting pitching. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't want to trade Tiedemann. Remember, he's 19 years old. He's moving up to high A ball. He's dynamite wherever he's been. He could be up here at the age of 21, 22. He could be the next wave of Blue Jays prospects coming in here. Syndergaard's interesting. He's he's a different pitcher now than he was when he was with the Mets. He's been throwing less. He's been trying to induce more contact. But guy can still get outs here and there, and that's kind of what the Blue Jays need. Um, is he better than Thomas Hatch? Or? Yes, he is. Exactly. That's <laughs> okay. why you know you go out there and you try to just um, Our next group, and this is the yeah. group of players I really think the Blue Jays should deal from. That's Orelvis Martinez, Jordan Groshans, and Samad Taylor. Like That group of prospects, I think, are almost guaranteed to be gone. 
Like I'm not sold on Aurelvis Martinez. I think he's way too streaky. And I don't think those streaky guys usually have what it makes. They might be a good bench guy or something. And that's what Aurelvis Martinez has been. Yes. He's young at double a, he's only about 21 years old, but I think this is the group you send out the door. I, if they hit, that's great, but I don't think we're going to miss them too much in order to help this team. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I like, I like not dealing all of them. I like two out of three. I would like to keep one of the left side infielders for the future if 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 uh if we can because i think that's important i think that's in our depth chart kind of the next big position to fill um obviously we have matt chapman but uh, as much as i'd love to see him play till he's 40 in toronto i don't know if that's gonna happen hey i love he's here i love that he's here for now but um i think third base is a position that's got to be filled and if we can get it in our organization with Groshans or Martinez I think that's great I say deal two out of three of them for sure man if we could get a good return and I'd like for me it's just talking about pitchers in return right now getting those starters yeah let's go shop around Los Angeles see if we can pick up a Cindergard or go down to Oakland see if we can shop for a Blackburn or a Montes um, something like that man we, like we got to make waves dude and these guys aren't playing in our biggest our biggest highest level right now so this isn't bison and buds. This is buds and blue jays. I mean, we're talking about our major league club, man. This is all I care about. And I would say if we can get do two out of the three and, you know, hopefully hold on to one for the future. And really quick, just on these last two guys here, these guys are both free agents at the start of next off season. Um, do we think about trading Teoscar Hernandez or Lourdes Gurriel Jr.? Like, is that on the no. table for you guys? Or do you think that's just Not a no? Me. No, that's, um, that's it. if we get a bigger return in place. I think that Tay Oscar is going to play his contract out anyways. And I'm a big Lourdes guy. Yes, he's about as hot and cold as as anything. The equator in the North and South Pole all at once. But he'd be a guy I love to hold on to. He's in, been in our organization forever. I have sentimental value attached to guys like that. But hey, man, we got to perform like a winning ball team and we got to get winning players to do that. And if Lourdes and Teo aren't winners, then yeah, get them out right now. I think Lourdes is be more on the chopping block than Tay Oscar. I think Tay Oscar has been just fine for us. Yes. He, he was hurt a little bit yeah. this year. And I think that's hindered him. Yeah. I'll I be think, super quick with this. Yeah. I think that Lourdes and Tay Oscar, we need outfielders right now. There's no way that we can start Zimmer uh, and Tapia. Maybe Spencer Horowitz comes up and is amazing, but you can't trade that. That is a very low. We don't have much depth at that position. So anyways, for this year, also Guriel has like a 40 point higher batting average than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Mm-hmm. So let's keep him on the team right now and put him batting third and give Vladdy a little bit of a break later in the lineup until he gets his shit together. Yeah, they really should change that batting order, but uh, we'll get to that um, maybe another time. Um, some news and notes here. Alec Manoa and George Springer were both named to the all-star team to go along with Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Alejandro Kirk. It's the first appearance for Kirk and Manoa, the second for Vlad and the fourth for George Springer. Bo Bichette, Jordan Romano, Kevin Gosman all have chances getting in. But honestly, guys, I don't know about you. I don't really care about all-star voting nearly as much as I did when I was younger. Um, I think just give them the week of rest. God, they can say that they need it so bad, right? So any thoughts on these guys making the all-star team? I mean, good for them, right? But Jesse, if the, uh, I, the, the all-star game mean nothing. At one point, it meant home field advantage. I could honestly care less. I'm not a gimmicky guy. I don't do that stuff. I think the home run derby is cool mm-hmm. um, as long as it doesn't screw your swing up. Um, and honestly, I just, I don't care. Last year it was cool because they did a home run derby. 
in Colorado. Yeah. And I think, I think that, um, I think that there was a 787 foot home run or something like that, you know, <laughs> like they just were just killing them out of the park. So that was cool. Um, honestly, Jesse, I mean, we'll promote it for this channel. We can talk about it. it's good. Go support your blue Jays. But for guys like me, where the game means nothing and players could get hurt, potentially, it means it means nothing. Yeah, nothing to me. The only thing is, I hope. Sorry, I'm just harping on Vladdy so much. I hope that he learns how to hit Tampa Bay outfield pitchers by having those softies come in and maybe hit some home runs in the home run derby so that he can translate that to the ninth inning against Tampa. But other than that, I, I don't really care too much. Hey, I watched Phil. I watched Phillips pitch on Canada Day, and he was he was just lights out, <laughs> which should never be the case. Honestly, he's better than Thomas. No, yeah. Oh man. No. Uh, wow. Jeez. Don't say that. <laughs> guys, Ricky Tideman and Yasmer Zuleta will represent the Blue Jays at the Futures game. So we've talked about Tideman a lot. Uh, Yasmer Zuleta, who's kind of more of a relief pitcher prospect, but thirty-seven innings pitched, three eight six ERA, fifty-five strikeouts, a one point two WHIP. Just a name to keep an eye on. And Denzel Clark is an outfielder in the Oakland Athletics system who is the only Canadian that'll be at the future game. So just names, store those in the memory bank. We'll probably talk about them as they go on. Baseball America has updated their top 100 prospects list. Gabriel Moreno is up to number three in all of baseball. And Ricky Tiedemann, who's been soaring up these lists, he was in the 60s last time, is now up to number 35 on all of baseball. And notably, Elvis Martinez and Jordan Groshans has been moved off the top 100 prospect list. So Ricky Tiedemann safely, number two prospect in the Blue Jays system. Which is good. Any quick thoughts on that before we move on to preview the Philly series? Uh, yeah. What would you give for a number three prospect in all of baseball, Jesse? I'm just saying, hey, like to have that label <laughs> attached to you is pretty big, dude. Like there's it's true. There's there's a lot of GMs that would just be salivating over something like that. If, if R.A. Dickey. Have, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you don't if you don't have an Adley Rutschman right now then you're thinking about it at least. That's true, yeah. Well, with that being said, the Jays had a well-needed off day today. We're going to return home. We have a quick two-game series against the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, it was just announced as of about 15 minutes ago that the Phillies will be without JT Realmuto, Aaron Nola, Alec Bohm, and Kyle Gibson as they were all placed on the restricted list. And we can assume that's because they are not vaccinated against COVID-19 and can't get through the border. So game one, starting pitchers, as it sounds, it'll be Kevin Gosman, maybe, I don't know, against to be determined. Even Philly doesn't know who they're starting in that game. And game two is going to be Jose Barrios against Zach Wheeler, who should also be an all-star who's been really good this year too. So boys, how are we feeling about the series against the Phillies? Feeling better, feeling better. I think, um, I think that enough is going to happen in the next 24 hours. I really do for this to shape up. We're airing this around what it's Monday at about, you know, quarter to five. I think, you know, t I bet you in 24 hours, things will have changed by now. And hopefully the motive is, is a plus motive. God, I, I think, hope so. I think the series will go well. I think the series will go well, man. I, I honestly do. I did not. I, we were really dragging it on with the Seattle one last time. I knew we didn't feel good about it going in. This Philly series, I feel a lot better about, especially without Bohm, who's going to be one hell of a corner infielder throughout his career, and JT Romuto, who might be like a top two catcher over the last four or five years. Yeah, I, I think I think we uh, win both. Um, that's just I, I gotta have faith. We we can safely say that our division we're not winning the division. So now yeah. let's just focus on the wild card, which we're still right in the play of. We've had finally a day off since uh, the unfortunate circumstances with the first base coach, yeah. um, and going out west where the time changed. Like they were playing at 10 p.m. for them four straight mm -hmm. nights. So uh, we had a day off, and then people can look forward to having a week off. So. I think that we go in with a little bit of a refresher and we win both games. 
and start off. Yeah. God, you guys are way too optimistic. I'm uh, maybe it's the doom and gloom that I have it here. If Gosman starts game one and he's healthy, maybe we win that one. But I think Zach Wheeler is way too good. This offense has been way too poor. And Jose Barrios has to be elite to win that game. I don't know. I think we win one. But even then, I'd probably put it more likely we lose both than win two. I'm glad you guys have faith, though. Hopefully I'm wrong. And let's see what. Yeah, you're a, you're a big time negative Nelly, yeah, aren't you? Mm, something like that. Uh, that'll do it for our episode here today, guys. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Let's hope we need some good juju here, boys. Put your messages down in the chat below, or if you have something to say, just your good vibes, your good spirits, your omens you want to put in the world because the Blue Jays sure as hell need it right now. Um, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Make sure you like and subscribe. Leave those five star ratings and all that fun stuff you can, boys. We got about a minute left to go here. Anything to add before we get out of here? The floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, Isaac, uh, Isaac, after hours, put on that leopard print dress behind you. You look good. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it is a shirt, all, but I it is a shirt, but I, I can wear it as a dress if you want. Whatever. It look it looks great. It looks great, but it look go back in that closet as you I'll, I'll wear it next say. episode. How no, about that? Um, keep let's keep the mood. Let's let's keep the mood light, boys. We, we it's uh, still got a long hill to climb here and we're just crawling into the all star break. All right. Well, have a good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you later on this week to recap the Philly series. Thanks, guys.